you never heard of. Hey everybody, welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. Welcome back to Common Folk. The podcast for the people, by the people. We're even bringing some people in. <laughs> All the people. I was just yawning. <laughs> it's like end of the day. a great start. The openings just bore to death. Jeez. <laughs> this has happened lately. What's going on? I, uh, Maybe we, it's because I'm not drinking. We've done a couple in the Maybe mornings. because you're getting old. Well, Ooh, we know that. Ouch. And I am older than you, so he likes to tell me that. Oh, okay. By three months. Huh? Jeez. Old lady over here. Mm. Hmm. Okay. I, I'm not getting into this. One. I'm not, I'm not. This I feel one. like you guys always try and pull me into this. Like, no way. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, until we get home and then I get right. an earful. Oh, bullshit. That's Andy's not true. <laughs> no. no we, not true. We have done a couple recordings in the morning. And then, like, after we go to hang out with our guests or whatever, I catch myself, yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, yes. I'm tired from yeah. a day and then being plugged in and trying to keep the energy and all that stuff. Okay. You know, it, it Especially does. right now with the shit weather. Ugh, snowing again. Look God. at the icicles. We can't get away from it. <laughs> I know. We can't get away from it. Do you yeah. see those icicles? Oh, wow. Like, that's legit. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's not good. Does yeah. that right mean the drainage the system, <laughs> <laughs> the gutters don't work? Or, well, uh, the gutters straight up broke. Okay. Sets the uh, winter wonderland mood yeah. here in the studio or just outside the studio. Except we're way past Christmas. I Look, don't want to yeah. hear any about winter wonderland shit. We're getting right in the middle of winter, though. I know, but yeah. it just reminds me of Christmas. Yeah. Get it out of here. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to it being over for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have a guest. You did say that. Yeah. So uh, we've been guest heavy lately. Yeah, N- no, and uh, this is a partner that I've worked with since what 2017, 2016. 17. Okay, did, seventeen. Is that when we met? Was 2017 or did? Yeah, it was like April or May. Okay. Why did I, I think you guys kind college. of grew up together? I mean, I know you're younger than Andy, but yeah, I picked no. on him all the time when he was in <laughs> middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Uh, it was kind of a unique story where um, uh, I had just started for News Channel Nebraska, mm-hmm. um, and they had me doing ag reporting, um, and then they asked me if I could do some sports broadcasting a couple months in, and that went really well. And so they're giving me all this reins to work with, all this leeway, and so I got in touch with some of their sales staff and said, hey, you know, we just do a bunch of reruns over the weekends of the same game that we've already done. Uh, what would you think of an outdoor show, like a hunting and fishing show? And all the sales staff loved it. They're like, if you want to do that, if you can do it, do it, and we'll air it. Nice. I mean, it's like an unbelievable opportunity. So I'm like, okay, I, I got to figure out how am I going to do this. I, I just bought a camera. I don't even know how to use the damn thing. Um, and you were kind of hoping they said no, well, I, but not. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You, yeah. know, I, you know, you get told no, and then you figure out how to go from there. Exactly. I just got the green light. Um, and that, the World Herald, we still got the paper at that time. They had a nice little article in the outdoor section about a Garrett Hikus. And he was a, you just graduated from Northeast? I hadn't even graduated yet. Oh. So it was my last, my last semester, like April or May, I think. And so who wrote that? And what, what was all that? What was that article about? I know I, I wrote, I read that article and I reached out to the World Herald and I said, who is this guy? So I don't even know exactly how. 
I think it was because I was posting pictures of my bass at the time because I, I mean, deer hunting is obviously my number one, but I'm pretty big into like bass fishing too. So, okay, uh, especially in college, we had a lot of free time and on the weekends and living in Norfolk, we were pretty close to a couple decent lakes. So I'd take my kayak out and fish with buddies and we were catching a lot of really big bass that year. And I was, I think it was because I was posting my pictures on like mm-hmm. Nebraska fishing and hunting bragging board and like Facebook fishing pages and stuff. Uh-huh. And I got a, I think I got a phone call or a message on Facebook from a lady. Don't even remember her name. I wish I'd still had that to like thank her and uh-huh. like see where we're at now. Cause I don't know if they even work at the mm-hmm. world Herald anymore, but, um, asked to do like a story on my bass fishing in the state. Cause it was the outdoor writer, I believe. Yeah. She was, a contributor. Yep. she was a writer and it was in like February or March, I think March that um, I had a phone call with her, and it was actually me and Keegan, one of my best friends from college, and we were driving back from the lake uh-huh. when she called. And we had just caught some big fish that day, and just kind of funny how that worked out, but asked if she could do a story on, um, like, I think just the bass fishing, and then asked more questions, like how old I was, what I was going to school for, and was going for digital cinema and media production. It was my last year. So then she asked like more questions, what my goals were outside of college. And, uh, always knew that I, like all I, all I did growing up, thanks to my family was hunt and fish. That was the only thing I really knew. Didn't do much for sports. I was doing like archery and, uh-huh. um, shooting competitions and stuff like that with, um, air guns and BB guns. And, um, so I guess that's, all I had a real interest in and then grew up running around with a camera and would always take my mom's camera when we would go hunting and fishing and got into that and ended up going to college with my best friend from high school for the same thing and worked out really good because we basically went and hunted and fished every day that we could together and had the cameras with so so fun grew up watching hunting and fishing shows on tv and kind of wanted to follow that line but didn't know if I wanted to work for somebody else or kind of have my own thing. Always worked better when it was on my terms and <laughs> could do my own ideas and mm-hmm. just worked out perfect. I actually got Andy got a hold of me and then the from same that article. from that article and then the same week uh, Gary Howie who owned Outdoorsman Adventures TV show at the time. Um, I think he started in the late '80s or early '90s. Yeah, he was at it for a long time. Yeah, did did a lot of um, articles for papers and books magazines and then had his tv show so the summer excuse me summer of 2017 when i graduated so we we met before college was over and, and real quick this is this the suspense is built enough this is garrett hykus of chasing the dream tv so <laughs> i don't know if we ever got an introduction yeah, in there. <laughs> but that summer of 2017 yeah so we we were talking about like starting a show because mm-hmm. that was what he wanted to do and i knew that's what i wanted to do obviously went to school for it and that was my ultimate goal and at the same time i was filming for gary howie for his show so it was kind of i was learning it from that side while we were trying to start it so it all just kind of worked out perfectly and try to mesh two of my biggest passions together into one and mm-hmm. that's i think late late summers when we decided on a name and yep. got everything yep finalized and then our first episode went on ncn, NCN. that fall so and what wow. year was that 
2017. 17, wow. And our well. first episode was basically your your capstone project. Yeah, it was it was, was really my capstone cool. project yeah. for for college uh, okay. the previous fall. Um, so my that's kind of part of the story too. Part of how I got into the videography and photography for hunting and fishing stuff was my taxidermist and family friend. Um, my dad's been taking deer to him since before I was born, and he lived in the same hometown and his son, Dustin Lutt. So Mike Lutt was our taxidermist. He quit now, but um, Dustin, his son, is probably six, seven years older than me, and he right now has, like, the biggest outdoor production company in the United States for sure. Mm. So, like, Cabela's, Bass Pros, Rapala, like, most of the big-name brands he does a lot of the work for. Okay. And he started doing the same thing and went to college for it too. So I was seeing all the stuff he was doing and just thought how cool it was because I was already into photography and stuff like that. And um, So 2016 fall, my last year of college, um, Mike, his dad, was going on a caribou hunt in Newfoundland and knew that I was going to school for it and like talked to him and, and Dustin. He helped me really get started. And uh, Mike asked me if I wanted to go with to Newfoundland on the hunt with him and film it, and it uh, worked yeah. perfect. So um, all of our professors in college were pretty cool. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was an A plus. He got an A plus on. Uh, I was gonna ask. You better. Yeah. Have. Yeah, I was wondering. So went and filmed that, and um, we got to skip class a lot because what we were doing technically, like outside of school, we'd skip class and we'd go hunt and fish, but we'd film it, kind of as an excuse at the time to get out of class. But <laughs> our professors were pretty cool and understanding and um, have to give a shout out to Tim Miller. Um, I'll have to send him this link, but he was our main like hands-on camera professor and he had mastered the audio for every Randy Anderson Primos like coyote calling video and is best friends with Randy Anderson. Mm -hmm. And I grew up watching Randy coyote call because he's like the main Primos guy. He's got all kinds of calls named after him and yep. recorded a lot of the sounds for it. So we we got to bond with him in class over all that stuff. And, um, like, looking back now, the past year, I've been filming with Randy for Primo's videos. Hmm. So it's kind of cool how it all yeah, ties together. Circle. Yeah. Now, what college was this? Northeast. Okay. So our... I've been known for. <clears throat> yeah. You know, we got pretty lucky with who we had at the time because both of our main professors are retired now. Um, but they... One of them was Nancy Sutton, and she's from South Dakota, but she started at, like... I don't remember what the bigger university in Sioux Falls is, but she, like, both of them have a ton of experience in it hmm. and have worked on huge projects, like nationwide, worldwide projects. So we had really good teachers, and I think that helped us a lot. I don't know who's there now, but. Yeah, and you want to talk about common folk and just people across Nebraska. Randy Anderson, when I knew him, was from Butte up in my neck of the woods. Okay. So small, small town, like population 500. And then the Lutz, they're from Hardington, right? When? So even smaller. So and Gary's from Hardington. Yeah, so it's, yeah, he's from Hardington. So I mean, just small towns up in north central, northeast Nebraska, and here yeah. they are making this huge impact. I I actually just saw a Randy Anderson DVD because we were cleaning up, you know, after Christmas and stuff. Uh, was it mastering the art, the art of calling or something? Yeah, he's got all kinds. <laughs> speak of Speak the language. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, See, and you guys language. are dropping some of these names, and I <laughs> I don't know who yeah, yeah. these people are, but that's that's all right. You know what I mean? You guys are in the mm -hmm. hunting world, and I'm just setting out on it. No, you know, first time. Randy Anderson was one of the first guys I would say that really dove into like predator hunting and coyote calling. Uh huh. And so since he was the first guy out there, you know, posting and getting the word out on that stuff. 
I mean, a lot like the old time YouTubers, he's got the biggest audience. He's got the most know how mm -hmm. and he, he works with the biggest companies and, and he deserves it. Like he, he does know he's got all that experience and know how. Yeah, wow. Truly one of the pioneers of predator calling. Especially. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, the way you can change it up and everything else like that. But um, well, then fast forward today, we're still on Saturday and Sunday mornings on NCN. Mm -hmm. um, you've been able to bring some of your buddies in and we've had some of our friends on. So that's a real fun experience. And I mean, it's called work, but we're out there hunting and fishing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah. It, it's not a bad day at the office, even if so, you have a bad, bad go of it or whatever. The Saturday and Sunday morning stuff that you were talking about is the Chasing the Dream TV show. Yeah. yeah. And that's on uh, News Channel Nebraska. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. NCN? Yep. Um, and so you guys are working to record and produce those shows month after month, week after week, whatever. And then those guys are just running them on a cycle for you. It's kind of the deal, right? Yep. 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 And then it's on YouTube as well. Yeah, right. We, we put more on a lot more on YouTube just because there's so much stuff we film that we still want to show that doesn't make like full length TV episodes. Mm-hmm. So we'll put all that stuff, like if we just have a, a day of fishing that's good, mm -hmm. then make a short video out of that and put it on YouTube too. And then kind of repurpose a lot of our, like some of our, our latest episode that went on, was that two weekends ago? Mm -hmm. Deer hunting. Um, that was one of our rifle seasons. We had three buck kills and one doe kill in that. So was able to make one episode out of three hunts, but then split that one TV show hunt into three separate YouTube videos. Oh, okay. so, yeah. 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 We try to do that as much as possible it, it works really well for us because like even with like people that want to sponsor us or whatever mm -hmm. it's not just a youtube channel it's not just a tv channel right we can do yep. certain and we i mean it's a statewide channel too so yep. like the most hunting shows don't have that you're either on outdoor network you know and you got to pay that premium to be on there mm -hmm. or you're just a youtube channel you know sure and i'm not saying that derogatory or anything like that it's just you're one or the other and we get to kind of be both so yeah. we're kind of in a neat area there Nice, yeah, nice. Decent amount of leverage in multiple different ways. Right. And we get a, we're not just, I like how we're not just pigeonholed into deer hunting or duck hunting. Mm -hmm. Like we kind of do it all, you know, mm -hmm. we do fishing and stuff like that too. Yeah. So. Cool. No, it's been a, it's been a good ride. And I think, I mean, I think some of your latest work, you know, I'll get on a soapbox. It's some of your best. It's really good. We spend a lot of money on music. So, and you're pretty mm -hmm. good with the music. So, and it adds a lot. So. Well, Absolutely. and I mean, you've been doing it now long enough, what, you mm -hmm. know, five, six years where you I think you start getting better and better, right? Like, mm -hmm. this will be our eighth, eighth. season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Seventh, seventh year, eighth season so, of TV shows. So Pretty do you cool. look back at like the first ones and you cringe? <laughs> I tr yeah, I try not to watch <laughs> a lot of the old stuff over because I do, but like at the time, I mean. But it just shows growth. Yeah. I like that. I, I do like that too because, I mean, it's even stuff that I put out three years ago I'm I watch now I'm like I should have done that different but <laughs> right. I think you always do that but yeah. I think then it yeah just... three three years from now I'll be looking back at exactly. my current stuff yeah <laughs> I think the same but... right exactly yeah so yeah. we're good no and Garrett's been really good with the drone we spent a lot of money on a drone and we'll probably have to spend even more money on a new one we're on number two now but because so. yeah. it crashed or you no. just need to okay no, just upgrades okay so can you sell stuff. the old ones? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. So it's, it's not they drones especially it seems like they depreciate pretty quick. Like when when we got the first one was 2019 and I think it was like $2200 mm -hmm. for that and one extra battery and then the most recent one we got is better, smaller with a lot more stuff with it and uh -huh. it was half the price. Mm. Oh. So it changes, I mean, 
Yeah. Just as the technology advances, it's like, I don't know, more common. Because like back then there was not that many people that had drones. So when we were putting out our videos with drones, it was a lot cooler then than it is now. It's still cool, but. Well, you've said your drone is old now. Oh yeah, it's way old. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. I remember that thing. But it worked. Yeah. We. I, I was used on one chasing the dream. Yeah, we. One of the episodes. Gosh, that was just last year. I think we a pheasant hunt. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is yeah. The I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's uh, is it a phantom? No, it's a uh, inspire. Okay, it's yep. an inspire. Yeah. So I think that was the, I think that was the one right after the phantom. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a truck like that yeah. thing. It's huge. It's big, but it's 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 uh, strong and it does everything you want it to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. works. Yeah. So, uh, oh, by the way, uh, we last time we went out to my buddy's place out in Iowa, we had like some family deal. We we're just hanging out, whatever, and we were like, I wonder what this drone could like carry. Mm. Like, what kind of payload oh, does it have? Okay, <laughs> all right. So we just started picking up stuff and hauling it around the farm. How many Coors Lights were you guys in? Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what we did. So we <laughs> how'd were, you know? We were up at the house. And, like, down probably, I don't know, half a mile, you could see the the farm pond down there. Mm-hmm. And um, some guys were down there fishing and hanging out. And so we loaded up a couple of beers and picked them up on, like, we tied, like, this, this long, like, 20-foot rope from the thing. So it okay. was dangling. Yeah. So you just get up in the air, hold that thing down there to them, slowly brought it down. You could watch them on the camera. They could grab their beer and then bring it back, <laughs> grab another one. So it was good for two beers or... Did you push it? Oh, yeah. No, I had all those all day, yeah. Nice. That's I, funny. Never, we, never thought of that. But. No. Okay. We okay, also, so <laughs> next episode. We, yeah. <laughs> we also were shooting at like 500 yards, something like that, I think. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was mm-hmm. a little less. Um, and even with like the spotting scopes, you'd have a kind of a little bit of a tough time seeing where the bullets were hitting because we were trying to dial in and see what was going on with windage and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, so we took the drone and flew the drone down to the target and oh. just had it hovering like 10 foot from the target and was watching the camera. Oh, that's clever. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I've never thought of that. As the bullets were hitting, we were like, okay, well, you're a little bit off, you know, to the right, yeah. up and high, whatever, you know, so that worked pretty good. You might worked. not want me. You got more <laughs> eyes. <laughs> with, with, your drove down, with your drone down there, you might not want me down. <laughs> yeah, just don't shoot the drone. Don't yeah. shoot the drone down. <laughs> they work pretty good for herding cows, too. Oh, I bet. Oh. Carson, Carson and I did that at one really? of his buddies' places. They don't like the noise or what? No, they're scared of it. and So they just go. Like cows will look up at it so they see it, and then they're pretty loud. I mean, it sounds like a really loud bumblebee. Yeah. And we had some of Matt's cows were in the wrong pasture, so Carson and I both had drones, and we herded them up a draw and then through the gate hole and then drove the side-by-side Dang. over there. And there got we them go. Wow. <laughs> Who needs those dogs anymore? <laughs> Our four-wheelers or <laughs> horses. <laughs> Drones, you know, it's all good. <laughs> Handy, multi-purpose. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, well, with all that, you know, Garrett really keeps his thumb on anything and everything outdoors related: mm-hmm. rules, regulations, laws, trends. Uh, not just with cinematography or videography or any of that stuff, but just what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it's a headline that's been cropping up the last couple of years. I think it really started going like in. I think it started in like 2018, it was getting proposed. And then in 2021 or 22, it actually came to be law in Arizona. And that is that their DNR, their game in parks, isn't going to allow, and they don't now, hunters to put up trail cameras. 
And so I saw some, a couple of posts from like Field and Stream or something like that saying, oh, hunters are losing more rights or big mm-hmm. government, big brothers taking away more hunting rights and we need to fight back. And so this last deer season, I asked Garrett about it. I'm like, well, that's pretty messed up. I mean, the government can have cameras on us, you know, right. Google Earth and this and that, but we can't have a... We can't have a camera on whether it's public property or whatever, you know, at a mm-hmm. state park. Like, mm-hmm. what, what's going on here? What's with all this? And Garrett gave me an answer that made a lot of sense that I never thought of. But I just bought into the headline, like, I should be mad and the government's taking away my rights, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right, right, right. But maybe there's more to the story there, Garrett. Yeah, and it depends on the state. I mean, every state has something a little different and more and more especially as cell cams get more popular it's a bigger issue across multiple states like the arizona one i I believe it's anybody even private land that you can't run trail cameras on your own property yeah so that i that part i don't agree with but i think the main thing with arizona was public land because there's a lot of public land in most of those western states and especially like southwest desert areas where there's not a whole lot of water sources, especially on drought years, all of the animals have to go there to drink. So if it's on public land, you've got guys that have put in for these tags for elk, mule deer, antelope, bighorn sheep that have been putting in for forever. So they, you want to learn while you're not out there, which is the reason we use trail cameras mm-hmm. for deer on private property and um, public land, other places too. But I think the main reason there is because especially like drought years, you've got one water source. And a lot of times it's a well that's drilled by the state on public land to provide water for the animals. So, I mean, some of these, you see pictures online and videos before they banned or had this, um, I don't know, bill. Law, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a law now, I think. And some of these water holes literally have 30-plus trail cameras on public land. So mm. the entire really? pond or water hole, like, smaller, way smaller than this house, just covered in trail cameras. And, yes, it's public land, like, it's ours, but if we've got 30 trail cameras on there, like, on private land, it's not as big a deal, like, especially how we do it for deer. Mm-hmm. We've got all of our cameras out there, but we can select where we put them. Mm-hmm. But private land, if you've got one water source for every species out there and you've got 30 people plus going out there to check your trail cameras regularly you're right it's just constant intrusion pushing the animals away from that so then they run off farther into the desert away from water start oh. wandering to search for a place they can go without being stepped on basically and it's just okay so that you, does bring a new perspective if you think about it too i mean you know, we all hunt, we're all into it, we all get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it like, where, how much sport, how much game is in that scenario? So, like, obviously they're putting up, they're putting up the game cams, they're wanting to see what's out there, these individual hunters, and then they're probably going to hunt right around that area, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and a lot of them do hunt on the water. Yeah, so you're, you're hunting a scenario where, like, the animal essentially like has no choice but to come mm-hmm. in. Exactly. So what what like what are we doing? So are you, you saying know? it's like a feeder? Like you're kind of trapping it's, them? It's I mean, essentially an attractant. Yes, yeah. but it's a natural. Whether it is a natural spring because there is natural springs out there too, or man-made for the wildlife or cattle because mm-hmm. like BLM public land, you can get permits as a rancher to run your cows on there for a certain time of the year. So it's for the wildlife and the cows, but 
I mean, yeah, if you're, I don't know. I, I get the reason to have the trail cameras out there so you know yeah. what's there to hunt. Mm-hmm. So you can, like, check areas off or know where to go. Mm-hmm. But at the point where there's that many people on it, like, I, I understand it more on public to have this ban, especially in the yeah. desert where they can't, like, the animals don't have an escape from it. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to come in and get a drink there or they go off into the desert and potentially die yeah. because they can't find... So they can, so they so they got two they got two choices for death essentially. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> they can That's go true. in the desert and die or true. they can go to the watering hole and die <laughs> pretty much. And so that got passed and what's people pissed? I mean, I I'm sure you have both people, sides. Like Andy said, like you see the headlines and a lot of it's I mean, to a point clickbait. Like yeah. you want people mad and yeah, generally, I mean, we don't want more government rules, but there also is a point where you need some of them mm-hmm. because, I mean, if you just keep allowing it, like trail cameras haven't been around forever, especially to the extent they are. And now, like, if you could put a cell cam out there, I mean, that's just made it a lot worse on public land for number of people out there and intrusion and pressure on public land. And, yeah, I'd... It's very surprising to me, too, that um, folks are willing to put out their expensive property like that yeah and they they do get stolen yeah. yes I mean, I, yeah. that's what i thought i very rarely run trail cameras on public but like we've got a pretty decent piece of public ground 10 15 miles from andy's ranch and i've ran trail cameras there two times and the longest period of time that i went without going over there to check them was two weeks and when i got back the two cameras that i put out were stolen and one of them i climbed 12 foot up in a tree and angled it down at a scrape and, and somebody took it. saw it, climbed up there, and still stole Jeez, it. Jeez, man, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. it seems that seems crazy. Yeah, yeah. but I, a lot of those, I mean, to a point, it would pay off because the amount of money you're, and time you're spending to go down in those desert units and yeah. on the tag, then a yeah. hundred dollars is sure like a penny yeah. compared mm-hmm. to what you have sunk into it. You got to so, pay okay. for some of those hunts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I don't understand the private part like it is your own property yeah, that's that's basically I like could, saying i can't do go pee outside yeah. or something you know what i mean like this is my land i own it don't tell me what to do i could be wrong on that but i think arizona is the entire state yeah, that's that's crazy. how i read it the last i just read an article this morning just so i'd have a little background and that's what i saw is that no they just did a whole blanket thing and said no nope, there's no way people gone. are following that I well, mean, come on. And it's so loosely written. It says you can do it uh, for uh, non-hunting purposes. Yeah. So right. it's like it's really loose. Like, they put I, in. It's pretty dumb. And I've heard people talk about that too. Like you need to have it black and white to where there's no wrong interpretation of it where somebody can shrug it off and use it as an excuse. Because like some of them have, mm-hmm. I think it is Arizona in the listing says, um, general photography something like that wildlife photography yeah. is fine Cat, cattle ranchers <laughs> like what? stuff like, yeah there's yeah. So there's exceptions of it but yeah. or like if you're just watching you want to see like intruders yeah yeah you know like or, or like predators you know getting after your your cattle or whatever yeah. you like know. it's your new adt system you could say yeah. but you're not yeah. really using just, it just right there on the public ground, right above the water source. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that does seem dumb as hell. Like, I don't understand what they're achieving. If, you know, I think they could have just written it up a lot better, you know, where you can, if it's your land, do what you want. 
have 30 trail cameras around a watering hole if you want, but you wouldn't, you know, because, yeah. you know, it'd push mm-hmm. deer or whatever away. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it feels, it just feels like there's zero common sense to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the idea of what they're trying to do um, because, yeah, that that's not right. You know, where you have so much pressure on those water holes that you're actually pushing animals away from, mm-hmm. you know, this well that you dug for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just blanket, they just did a blanket type of law and just said, nope, all trail cameras are out. How yeah. does something like this get passed? I mean, that sounds stupid for me to even say that, but. It unanimously passed. I mean, so Arizona. this is just the governor, you know, or like it has to come to vote. What's the. I think it depends on the state. There's a lot of like fishy avenues that it okay. goes through. Really? Like a, a lot of different hunting and fishing regulations are, I mean, we see it here in mm-hmm. our own state where the public doesn't even know about it until it gets passed. Oh, and there's so a lot kind of, of just like under mm-hmm. the rug yeah, type of stuff? exactly. And there's a lot of like lobbyists for different things that put a ton of money in to the senators or whoever to get stuff passed. Okay. Then the public doesn't have a choice. So and there's also levels to it. Like uh, I think Nebraska is a great kind of a secret, not, not a secret, but uh, it's not what you think of as far as waterfowl, but the flyway has kind of shifted to come over Nebraska more and more. So like there's really good duck goose hunting seasons across Nebraska but we Nebraska's game and parks can't even touch those regulations. That's all federal. Oh, so it, it all okay. comes down from the feds. Like our our DNR or whatever you want to call them, they don't get a say in that at all. Yeah. They can states can regulate season dates a little bit for waterfowl, mm-hmm. but because waterfowl are migratory species, then it's federal because like ducks, geese, all of them, most of them summer in South Dakota, North Dakota, like that. Somewhere else. North yeah. or Canada uh-huh. and then migrate all the way down to very southern United States, sometimes Mexico and South America. So it's not like deer, unless you're on the border of a state, deer are that state's animal. So they can make, oh, the state can make the I decision see. on regulations for that. But huh. since waterfowl, it affects the entire country throughout the flyway, then they make then that's the federal, federal. yeah. Okay, I get I get that. Yeah. Do you think that other states are going to follow suit, like with uh, they, Arizona? Yeah. They, they, they already are? have. I think it's more – it's going to be more prevalent in western states because of the same reason, especially desert states. But I don't – like Midwest deer hunting, it doesn't have quite as an effect because the public land areas aren't as big. But Kansas, I believe this past fall before season started, they banned trail cameras on public land. Hmm. which I also don't, I'm not against because the same reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've hunted public land in multiple states my entire life, and there's nothing worse than a bad public land experience. And if you're, if there's 20 guys hunting a 20,000 acre piece of public ground, but everybody's got a camera out there, that's 20 people, potentially 20 plus different days, sometimes more going to check their cameras or run cell cameras and then you've just got all these people in there Foot and then traffic. It bumps the deer or yeah. whatever game mm-hmm. you're hunting out. So then it's not even worth going there. See, and I guess when you were talking about that, that always just freaks me out more than I'm thinking there's 20 plus guns in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, just the possibility of some accident seems oh, they a lot more yeah. risky. I think it, I mean, especially if you're going out of state, I get some, some people like when they go out of state, they want to, like for us, when we travel, say we go to Idaho, that's, mm-hmm. excuse me, an 18-hour drive. 
So, I mean, it'd be nice to know what's out there before you spend all the time and money to go out there. Yeah. But at the same time, like that, it, it takes away part of the hunt, like part of the, a huge part of the fun is finding them, finding what's out there, scouting new areas, learning different property and finding a deer to target. I think mm-hmm. like me personally, if I, if I went to Kansas to bow hunt, I'd rather go and scout on the ground and just have a good experience rather than like know what's out there. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll take a lot more, it'll take a lot of pressure off the public land because right. there's people that won't hunt an area if they don't have cameras out there and don't know what's there. Okay. So by banning that on public land, the people that do go there will probably have a better public land experience. Yeah. There's, I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that. I don't mind the, the public land stuff. Um, there's also an element to just what I think Ben was getting at where there still needs to be fair chase. And that's mm-hmm. what the the Arizona guy that I was reading up on. That's what he just kept hammering. That. I was like, yeah. "You're taking the sport out of it." No, um, but and and you mentioned uh, cell cam. What what exactly is that? Is that a camera just talks yeah. to your cell phone, or what does that do? So cell cameras essentially just send they send the photo in real time to your phone, and you can set them all different. And I get like. Some people have arguments against that, against that to say like, oh, you're just putting a camera there and you see the deer's there, so you go in and kill it. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. we've had trail cameras at the ranch for four years now since I mm-hmm. bought the first ones, and we don't. It depends on how you use them. Like if you're in a state where baiting is allowed, yeah, you could put a cell cam on a bait site, and if you live close, yeah, like or on your own property, say you're sitting in your house here, you've got a cell cam in the back, and it's gun season okay, that deer's on the corn pile, I can sneak around the corner of the house and shoot it from the house. Then then it offers you an unfair advantage over the sure, wildlife. Yeah. But especially if you don't live away from your property, or like the way we use the trail cameras at the ranch mm-hmm. is we'll put them in bedding areas, areas that we don't want foot traffic in, so we're not going in there to bump the deer out. It's just to know who's there, how often they're traveling through, and then we hunt most of the edges. Like we don't really yeah. bump into a whole lot of stuff. And try to push our deer out because that's obviously what we don't want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's just like that one exception or a couple exceptions where it's, I don't think it's fair chase, but the way we use them and the way a lot of white tail hunters use them, I think it is still fair. I mean, it's real time, but how many of us are hunting behind our house? Like, especially if you're bow hunting, you can't just get a picture of a deer cruising by a trail or whatever and then just walk out there and kill it like it's yeah, not, it doesn't, it right. not yeah. yeah there's not one deer like mm-hmm. we monitor the deer at the ranch as like finite as we can on trails and bedding areas there's not one deer we've killed because of a camera not one yeah i was reading uh some of those articles where they were talking about it a little bit and um the guy who was in charge the official or whatever he was talking mm-hmm. about what you were talking about there keeping it fair yeah but he was also talking about um like just the general public bitching because it was it's uh, it's public land mm-hmm. and they're out there hiking or doing whatever they're doing and then they go to the one watering hole and then they feel like they're in a photo shoot and their privacy is being yep. invaded and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. there's some of that too. But then it also kind of goes back to one of the things that you were saying earlier. Like there's cameras everywhere. So if the government's allowed to do it yeah. and take pictures of us right. at every time we turn a corner in downtown Omaha or whatever, yeah, you know what's the difference? I don't know. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, part of that to me is <clears throat> like if you're in town, that's public space. You're already in the public. Mm-hmm. 
like if most people when they go hunt or fish they they want to feel like they're in the outdoors yeah i think that takes away from a lot of it if yeah you know you can't be on public land without walking by somebody's camera and just i don't know takes away from the experience yeah um and i try to have you do have cameras out and and that's where i think people get screwed up a lot uh, even with that post you made of uh, a little short video of the perfect 10 the buck that i harvested or shot a year ago um you got people out there calling us murderers and all oh, your cheating and this and that's like oh my gosh. nobody cares about the health of that deer herd more, more than us, than us. Mm-hmm. and we're we got these cameras we got these mineral sites to supplement and to build this deer population up and to keep it as healthy as possible we're not we're not going out there to to cheat or to just shoot the place up in fact that's the very last thing that we want to do we're right. using the cameras as more of a to try and help the environment to try and help the the wildlife and everything under the sun yeah i mean you can't be out there all the time and like neither one of us lives there mm-hmm. so most people don't live at their hunting property so you, you're not out there watching with your own eyes all the time i mean like a lot of what we learn is time on the stand or time on the ground or mm-hmm. sitting with a rifle whatever watching the trails and how the deer actually move through the area but like trail cameras, in my opinion, is the best thing you can do on private land for management because we're able to follow these deer year after year after year, know who they are, know how old they are, and then able to selectively harvest them. Like yeah. We can mm-hmm. control what goes on on our property. You can't control what your neighbors do. Mm-hmm. But when we know how old the deer is, when we supplemental feed them, we do the food plots, Like mm-hmm. we're harvesting the most, we, most bucks we've ever shot off that in one year is three. Mm-hmm. Like when we're harvesting three bucks that are all mature because we've followed them, we're yeah. not out there just slaughtering the herd. Like no, yeah. no hunter, conservationist, whatever you want to call us, is out there well, doing it for and a, that, like a that, negative reason. All that imagery that you've gathered and, and the data and all that, then when you're out there on the actual hunt, like you're you're familiar with the animal. Oh, yeah. So when you I mean, see it come up, you're like, okay, that's... This yep. one, that's this one, that's this one. Yeah, we're going to let that one walk. Here's the one we're going after. Like yep. you're, Do you name them? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> we were after Grandpa this year. Yep. So, that, I mean, that gives you an idea of what the, you know, how old mm-hmm. the deer was that we were after this year. And we found one of his sheds next to. Oh, really? Yeah, my Bo, Bo found it. It was five yards from where my buck died this year. It was laying in a little piece of brush. And that's another thing that's kind of crazy. It. Like you're you're able to to watch these animals so often that you find a shed and you're like, I know exactly what yep. animal that came off of. Yep. It's, that's yeah. my favorite part of it. I mean, yeah. I've, I grew up whitetail hunter. My, I would, I would be willing to argue that my, my dad and my uncle are a couple of the best bow hunters in the state of Nebraska and getting to grow up and learn from them before I was old enough, way before I was old enough to hunt. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always been my favorite part is building the story, learning what the deer do. But right. the stories that we've built yeah. with these deer over years and years is just, like, it's just cool to look back on and see that's how what, they progress. That's and, what a lot of people don't realize. It's so much more than if you know if you don't do it, you imagine okay, a guy's going to go hunting, he's going to get up in the morning, hadn't been out there all year, he's going to mm-hmm. get in his truck and go walk and sit next to a tree and wait for an animal to come walking by and shoot it and blast him, take it home and <laughs> gut it and yeah, cut it all up and everything. You know, like you just think like that. But there's so much more to that. There's so much more involved. You're you are invested yeah. so much more oh, in yeah. that process and in that final harvest. Yeah, there's 
especially, I mean, even rifle hunting, like. Oh, there's so much luck involved too. Like, yeah, there's so much. We haven't gotten like nothing. No kill we've had has been just handed to us. I mean, everything has been scouting and there's a, like you said, there's a billion things that go into it. Mm -hmm. And like when you're out there watching what the deer do, watching the trail cameras, learning the movement, how they move through the terrain, you got to have all that stuff put together. Yeah. You can get lucky here and there and just be in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. But yeah it rarely happens like that. Mm -hmm. Like every, almost every kill we've had has been because of past knowledge, whether that was trail cameras or watching with our own eyes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time we're targeting a specific deer and we know where to be for that specific deer because of past history and what we've seen. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can, you can do 999 things, right? You still can't make that deer walk in front of you, especially bow hunting. Like there is a, you, you can be in the right spot, but you got to get lucky and have the deer walk by while you're there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. don't, don't you think like what you explained about how people, you know, will just go up and just shoot it or whatever and not even think, you know, that there's a lot going into it. Like what you guys are explaining. Don't you think there's more people that just probably do that? Well, there, there's a good or number of, think but, but see, this is another thing that I want to get out there. Those aren't hunters. Those are poachers. The people that I think we should that we do get mad with or whatever, uh, they get people call them just hunters. Once again, they because they're set. actually just shooting something. Yeah, but they're not they're, taking the time to care. I think enough. it depends. It depends. Like somebody that's straight up poaching, like call it as it is. They're a poacher. If they're yeah, which I'm, I'm saying they don't buy a license. They're spotlighting yeah, at night. Yeah, those shooting type of things, shooting deer or whatever game on property they don't have permission on, doing it in the legal way. Like that's just straight up a poacher. You can't even call them a hunter mm-hmm. like there's there's hunters that just want to go out and just shoot something go out and don't shoot care. something yeah, don't care I mean, what we it know is people like, like well, that that's too. fine that's fine yeah, that's, yeah i was getting at just poachers it's up you know? yeah it's it's entirely up to the hunter on what they shoot like as long as long as they're doing it in a legal way you can't i mean in my opinion there's not really anything you can i've, I've had a different opinion and changed my opinions throughout my life as i get older and yeah. see more but I mean, there's a lot of people that only rifle hunt in the state of Nebraska. You've got, especially if they only have weekends to hunt, they've got a maximum of four days to go out there with a rifle. Mm -hmm. If they have private property access or public land access and they want to go out there and fill the freezer, they're going to shoot whatever they see first. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. But But you would rather do it a different way, but you also have some land, you have time, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't have anything against them wanting to do okay. it in a different way legally. Not like one's mm-hmm. right, one's wrong. Yeah. There's different ways. Yeah. yeah. But it would be nice to see if people saw actually the way you guys saw it and the value and the way that we kind of put in the time and the energy for my hunt. But like you said, I guess that kind of goes back to some people well, just don't have that much time or a, land. A healthy deer herd has a good number or a, a number of mature bucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you can't yeah. just keep cutting down the young bucks that don't know any better that are dumb and walk yeah. out. And that's that happens a lot. And the, the state of Nebraska used to, the cheapest tag was a buck only tag mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, and I talked with a guy years ago uh, up in Pierce, Nebraska, and then I followed that conversation up with a couple game wardens. And he said, trail cameras are the best darn things that ever came around out here. 
because people stopped shooting the first buck they saw yep. on opening morning because they knew there was a big one out there. Mm. Like yeah. they want to wait for yes. what yeah. they and have so seen. So that's another thing that I want to okay. get out there about trail cameras. That it allows people to understand what's really out there. And if you know that, you're not going to shoot that little two-point buck opening morning. Yep. Yeah. You know, and you're going to put a little bit more, you know, patience on it. Yeah. And it's like social, that's one there's benefits and downfalls to social media, which sounds kind of stupid for us to say since what we do is basically media. And, <laughs> but that's been one benefit because it's, it's been a benefit and a downfall because it's kind of changed the hunting culture. Like hearing all the stories from your dad or my dad, my grandpa, if it had an antler, you shot it. Mm-hmm. Even here, yeah. like yeah. Iowa, the best whitetail state currently in the country, if it had an antler, you shot it until you start seeing bigger deer and like you see in person a big deer or put your hands on a big deer then you never want to go back to something smaller and like for us it's not we love hunting for big antlers obviously but our number one is maturity we don't hunt Mm -hmm. any of our bucks until we're confident they're five plus years old Mm -hmm. and trail cameras like you said that's the best tool you can use for managing your herd because you can't be out there you will if you went out there Every single day, you can be in one spot only, and you can only see what you can see. You can't follow and monitor the entire herd. So if we've got 25 trail cameras scattered out over 2,000 mm-hmm. acres learning multiple different herds, I mean, they'll travel and intermix, but you'll never see them all in person. We're learning these deer, some of them we've never seen in person. Mm-hmm. Jared, Jared's the only one that's seen Grandpa, and that deer's 10 or 11 years old. He's yeah. the only oh, person, wow. the yeah. only person that's laid eyes on it in person. He missed. <laughs> he missed. Oh, Sorry, Eric. he did <laughs> take a shot. Yeah. Yep. <gasps> but yeah, I mean, no. how many, yep. how many deer just, just in the last few rifle seasons, antler wise mm-hmm. that step out, would we shoot if we didn't know that they were too young by our standards? Well, back in the day, you're exactly right. Especially like if it's last day and it had an antler. You're, you're a dummy if you didn't pull the trigger. In fact, you'd get made fun of at school, you know, if you didn't pull the trigger and shoot something with an antler. You know, you got mocked. Um, but that's just it. You would shoot a lot of three-year-olds, a lot of two-year-olds, um, just because you, you don't know any better. You don't want to, like, think, oh, man, did I make the right decision letting that buck pass? No. Aren't I out here to shoot a buck? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right. I, I think that's been a really positive note um, that has come through trail cameras. And I don't know if this is a solution or a good idea or a really bad idea, but maybe on public land have your, let's say, four or five trail cameras on trails and make them the, public. Make the, yes. Yeah, send it to a cell cam that's public. People can and see. Anybody everywhere Agreed. can go to that website and look at those pictures. Mm. Would that it's, be a solution or has that been brought up or what, what are we talking about? I almost think that would be more of a problem because, oh. I mean – We've I have a lot of it. bad ideas. No, I thought <laughs> no, it's, when you it's said a, it, but I haven't thought it through. It's not an awful idea until you start thinking about it more. Like I tried to, I've thought of stuff like that too, but it's like you've a got people, nanny cam or something watching yeah, your you, kid at daycare. You've got people <laughs> capitalizing on other people's work though, because a lot of those people would never drive that far. Like somebody could be in there not running trail cameras, but having seen a deer and be hunting hard for it. And then if there's people from three hours away that see a big deer walk by that camera, then all of a sudden you're going to have a ton of people there that have never put in any time or work there. They yeah. just show up because yeah. that's there. Okay. What do you think, like, you know, one of their main points there in Arizona was that, uh, you know, it gives an unfair advantage to the to the hunter. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we need to get rid of game cams. We need to even the playing field. What's the difference between that and um, fish finders? Mm, true. You can't make the fish bite. What, what do you mean? Like, you can – we've seen it a million times. Like, Thomas, our buddy Thomas Larson has fishing guide service. Uh-huh. We fish with him a lot. He's awesome. Filmed film yeah. a lot of episodes with yeah. him. And he's got all this, all the fish finders, Garmin Live Scope. Like, you can see the fish. Yeah. You can cast at the fish. You can't make that fish bite. I got you. You could cast yep. at it yep. a thousand times. If it doesn't yep. want to bite, it's not yeah. going to bite. If you're yeah. sitting over a water hole or have a trail camera on a water hole and that animal walks in, you can probably take a shot You can shoot it, it. sure. Yeah. Oh. Morgan, Morgan can make the Creedmoor bite. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a bite out of that <laughs> yeah. deer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think more more than giving the hunters an unfair advantage in Arizona on those water holes, I think it's more so just to keep the human pressure off of it. Because if you're spooking those animals off there and they yeah. that's their only source of water, that's bad no matter what way you look at yeah. it. Yeah. So I think, I think the majority of true hunters, even there was probably people that were upset about it after it passed but i mean even if they think about it for a little bit they're like okay yeah that's probably better for the game and if you're if you're more mindful of the animal rather than you just wanting to have a trail camera there and know mm-hmm. what's there then i think you're probably going to be like hey yeah that was the right decision in yeah. this circumstance the it seems like it's like anything else and this isn't going to fix it but this is the fact of the matter is that you with anything that happens, you end up with a, a bad apple in the bunch. Yep. Mm. Someone does something, mm-hmm. and it's not the majority of the people doing that something, but someone does, yeah. and they take advantage of the situation, and then everybody has to pay for it. Someone always ruins it for everyone. We we all learned this when we were <laughs> like five years old at daycare, <laughs> when we were all, you know, the the daycare provider wasn't watching, and we were all in the back room doing something mm-hmm. stupid and having whatever it was we were having going on and then one of the kids spoiled it this was, you know this kind of reminds me of a numbers game though where okay maybe you're not doing something too wrong but there's too many of you doing it mm-hmm. oh. yeah. so maybe one or two of you could steal a lollipop at daycare but when we got right. 30 kids yeah. stealing the lollipop <laughs> right. she's going to notice that guys <laughs> yeah, right. yeah 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 but it, that and that's that's always what happens like someone there's already people taking advantage of it i'm i've yeah. listened i listened to a podcast a couple weeks ago um, about guys hunting one of those desert units down there in the Arizona Strip for mule deer, and it was after the ban. And you can, I think at that time, they've changed it since, but at that time you could run trail cameras for a certain date period, and then you had to pull them so many days before the season opened to take the pressure off of it. And they went in on one of the last days to pull their cameras and ran into a guy putting cameras up because oh. he was going to be the only one that had cameras out mm. there. And they started questioning him about it and he said that he ran cattle there so that's one of the one of the things that Mm -hmm. you could use trail cameras there for was if you're a cattle rancher and ran cows on that property so you could monitor and make sure your cows were getting water and that's what he claimed at first and then he changed his story to well my buddy runs the cows here (laughs) and then changed it again I to know say a guy. That he, yeah, say that he was <laughs> monitoring to make sure the pipes didn't break and then <sighs> and he was wearing camo like obviously yeah. it's a hunter so yeah right Tough people sell. man that's that's yeah. the problem with human yeah. beings like there's always going to be something mm-hmm. yeah someone's it, always going to take advantage of something someone's always going to like just push stuff a little too far yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then all the good folks got to pay for it. Right. Yeah. Then this stupid law comes up and, you know, yeah. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was within the rules, but yeah. 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 So, well, I do hope it doesn't happen around here. I mean, as, as an outdoorsman, you know, and a hunter, um, just game, game cams are just fun. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, mm-hmm. we obviously don't use them for anything malicious. I just like pulling the chip and yeah. seeing what's on there. Like that's like that's exciting yeah. when you bring it back and you plug it into the computer and you're like, yeah. man, what what did we catch this week? What was out there? What's yeah. going on in the woods when I'm not there? You know, like mm-hmm. it's just fun. Yeah, that's one of the things I kind of miss too. I mean, we we have far more SD ca- camera trail cams mm-hmm. that we have to go pull the card and. I mean, you're like a kid on Christmas. You you're yeah. always excited to know <laughs> what was there, yeah. and what was on the camera, and that's. But the cell like, phone one has to be easy. I saw what my yeah, friend had of it, and I was like, "It's nice. Wow, and it's this is beneficial." Live? But like, it's when too you go, easy. Yeah. Yes and no. It depends how you use it. The way we use it, like, it kind of takes away from the excitement because you're getting the pictures in real time. You still get excited when a big buck pops up on your phone. But we're using them in places that we don't want to have to walk into because it's in a bedding area. Yeah, mm. right. You're not going to go check it in the middle yeah. of the night. You're going to check it during the day when the deer are bedded down. So we walk in there and check it. You blow them all out. So that's where we use them. But we still have plenty of SD card cameras mm-hmm. in places that are not intrusive, especially midday. A lot of the time we can drive right to them, leave the pickup running. The deer don't even stand up out of their beds. You can pull the card swap it out right there, get back in the truck in less than a minute mm-hmm. and then drive off. Mm-hmm. And it's no harm, no foul. So yeah. that yeah. then it's still fun because you can pull it and have right. the kid on right. Christmas right. moment when you <laughs> scroll through <laughs> the pictures. It is fun. Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, this I, is good info. info. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know this was a thing. Like, yeah. And, I, I really don't. I don't know. I want to see what state next state is going to do it, but at the same time, I don't. Yeah. You know, I can. It, there's pros and cons. There's obviously. going to be more states that ban cell cameras. That I could see for sure. I don't think oh, okay. we'll ever really have to worry about. I don't. I don't know if it gets to a certain point. Like you never know how technology is right. going to advance. If it gets to right. a certain point, they might just say they're all banned too. But here in the Midwest, where Deer hunting especially is such a huge part of the state's revenue throughout the year, especially states like Iowa. I can't see them ever completely banning them, especially on private land. I don't. Uh, Ben's going to have his drone go down and take the SD card (laughs) and bring it back. (laughs) I mean, that's. That'll probably be a real thing before too long. (laughs) And and again, the guys who are, and ladies who are into this, like that's part of the fun. I Mm -hmm. mean, Mm mm-hmm. Go down to it, take the time, spend the afternoon, yeah. drive around to your cameras, pull your chips, whatever. Like that's all. That's all part of the activity. Yep, that's all part of what makes it uh, satisfying in the end when you mm-hmm. when you get that final goal. Right. You know? So it's, it's it's a really neat thing where uh, the education part is like really fun and it adds so much to the whole season. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The so. story, like I could say it a million times. The story we build with these is just. I can't describe the feeling. And yeah. Especially if you're like, depends on how into it you are, but. You know, they, they can leave comments on YouTube <laughs> and some of our better videos, deer hunting videos, uh, a couple of guys are actually making fun of like the story because it was like, we put in so much time and they're like, whoa, guys, you did all that, <laughs> you know, for a buck, <laughs> basically four years of work for yeah. that one buck. It's like, yep, yes, we yep, did. We did. <laughs> and you get crap for naming them too, but yeah, at a certain point, like if you're, I never take it like seriously or take it to heart when even buddies give me crap for naming these deer because yeah. they're not into it like we are. And 
if you're monitoring the deer herd as heavily as we are mm-hmm. and building yearly stories, like you, you have can't, to, yeah, you can't say, <laughs> you know, that one 10 point over here, yeah, if you've yeah. got five 10 points over here. So they and all, it's way, that's way more fun to have a name for them than, oh, other than like, uh, okay, that is a three and that one's <laughs> yeah. R four and you know, whatever, like, yeah, yeah yep. name, name the damn thing. And usually we'll, generally we'll wait until they're five years old when we can actually hunt them to give them names otherwise we'd run out of names too yeah. fast but most of the time we try to <laughs> try to name them with a name that is fitting for the deer's antlers or yeah. a story we've got sure. with them like yeah and andy's second biggest buck both of his big big bucks the perfect 10 and southpaw southpaw had one big left antler like a big left hook southpaw oh, okay and perfect 10 was a perfect 10 perfectly symmetrical yep. so i mean they're they're always along yeah, that line makes sense yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fun names. They're cool. What do you What do you got going on? Let's here, see what we got going on, man. We had a uh, We had a night last night. Let's see what's in here. Oh, we got some product. <laughs> Ooh, there there we, go. we go. So we got a uh, We got a new whiskey partner. Mm-hmm. New, new bourbon. New vodka Ooh-hoo. partner. Okay. So uh, Andy um, got us set up through Jeff Mullinex. So yep. folks who you have know Jeff yep. to the podcast know Jeff with Pop Up Blind. Um, 100 percent made in made in america blind company those guys are making them themselves by hand um so he hooked us up with soldier valley soldier valley so soldier valley is a uh, uh a spirits company in la vista and have you heard of them i didn't when he said it before but then made the correlation with jeff i remember him okay. one of you two talking about it yeah oh, yeah yeah so uh we go out there and did a, did an interview uh, the other night with one of the owners. Rich is his name. Yep, um, solid dude, <laughs> he's veteran, funny. Yeah, he's funny, a good dude. funny guy. Like <laughs> just huge on supporting veterans and giving back to military families and so on and so forth. And that's what Soldier Valley is all about. Um, we got the opportunity to taste a bunch of their different um, blends. Uh, along with, well, actually, we didn't taste the vodka, but we we brought some no. with us. Yeah. So. Um, after you know creating that relationship and hanging out with them they were willing to to become our drink sponsor so we love to have a drink with our guests you know at the end of the podcast so we're going to crack into some of these for the first You're time to bust so. out your knife so and look at this i mean Everything people that are listening so cool. okay yeah. so the whole it's like a canister wait what they say what, like a canteen? canteen yeah so, so it actually of, fits one of their big things is that um this canteen shaped bottle they actually own the patent too the patent is stamped on the bottom. That's mm-hmm. cool. So the uh, the bottle shape itself is a true canteen. He right. said it will fit in the in the pack. The on World War Two standard hoster. which is holster. so crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy to me. Yep, it's very recognizable. And I I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago, and they're like, oh, with the dog tags. Yep. Oh, yep. they knew. Yeah. Okay. So, what did you think about the place? Oh, I thought it was awesome. You want to open this one too? And, uh, you know, Rich was as advertised. Awesome yes. dude. You know, um, once again, made in America, right there in La Vista. Uh, really good guy. I'm not going to be able to. Open I don't know this. anybody that Someone wouldn't open this. that wouldn't go uh, out to their. I guess you'd call it their tasting room down there in La Vista. Yeah. It's yeah. sweet and not enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. it's a cool setup. There's cool people there. They're doing fun things, yep. uh, and they've got great drinks. So, yeah. I mean, how, do you, how do you go around? Pop I, I had a couple uh, old fashions last night with m- their signature bourbon. That one there, 
Rich told me the mule would be good, and he was I had spot one of those, on. too, yeah. after. Oh, you did? Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. I kept calling my drink a beach drink, and it, <laughs> that was not the name at all. It was called, like, Rita. Don't ask me. It just made me feel like I wanted to be on a beach. It was so good. I had rum. and. So Morgan's not big into hard liquors in, at all, really, at all. in general. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've had a number of different bourbons. I have a bunch of different ones at home, you know, that we will drink here and there, and she'll never drink them. Um, but the stuff that we drank last night, their signature, which is what this one is, and we'll try that. Um, she was like, it's pretty decent. And then this one he brought out to us, this D-Day. Uh, this one is majority corn, so it's a little bit sweeter. Mm. So we wanted to bring one of those home. It's super smooth. Let me open that one, too. Oh, I wanted to take it home. Well, you can take it home. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just open it. <laughs> I'm you not are, trying to hog it. Okay. There is a little honesty I, in that. I, There is some honesty. I was like, oh, are we really sharing that one? Yeah, we do, can get more. Do you recognize these? I do. Yep. Yeah, handle bin. Yep. That's pretty sweet. So open what do you here. guys want? Uh, I feel like I need to try the vodka, we tried but I the, don't we, want we, to because I tried love the, the other ones. <laughs> we tried the six year. Try that's that their, one. Their signature six year. Yep. Try that one. It's the corn. Wait, is it corn and? So it's got. It has more corn. More corn in the mash than their standard like corn rye blend. Just yeah, and he was going through like the percentages there. I'm like, okay. yeah, and yeah, he, that it, was the, the alcohol. The alcohol content is similar, but the flavor it comes with a totally different flavor because of how much corn's in it. Are you going to try the vodka? I'm going to go with the the signature. Okay, I'll here. try that, the vodka because no one has there. tried it. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great. I want to get a bottle of the rum, too. I kind of like... That was good. kind of like those rum yeah. drinks in the summer. Yeah. How many different things do they make? Oh, my gosh. They had a ton. You know, I, don't, I don't know for a fact. There was a there was a number of different types. They had, they had another uh, new one. What was the other one that we drank last night? Oh, they he had, had a like 12 a twelve-year, twelve-year-old. That was six. so good. He had one he was super proud of. That was their main rye. That, that was, was the, very. That good. was the twelve-year-old. Was it? Right? I, I thought think. it was the six-year-old. Was the main? Oh, okay. Well, this is the this is the main um, bourbon, and I think this is six, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But yeah, either way, they yeah they had they've got a bunch of different options, and it's and honestly, man, like they were all good. I mean, I've had I've had mm-hmm. bourbons from very expensive brands yeah and it's like man it's okay you know i mean it's decent yeah I'm i mean when drink morgan that much likes it. it we might have mm, a problem there we go yeah well, and he's not messing good. around like the proceeds go our portion of the proceeds go to veteran charities yes like, you can't freaking be you're investing in people people that defended our country so like 100 yeah if and i gotta get drunk can, again tonight i will and he said <laughs> you can get this online so go to their website. To their website, so you can you can, Seriously, you Google can order search it. Soldier Valley Spirits, um, and you'll find you'll find that. But anybody who's local, you know, you're going to find them at the local liquor stores and the grocery stores mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yep. But they are all over the U.S. as well, mm-hmm. so yep. people can find them. Find them well, all right, so cheers. Let's, cheers. Let's take a quick drink and yep. see what you guys think. To the cheers great outdoors. To, to Garrett. <laughs> all right, let's see here. That's really good. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, man. This is actually good. Oh, he shocked how that's smooth. Yeah, I know. You know. This is that's pretty smooth too. Smoothest. Honestly, the yeah. vodka. And we did the D Day, right? It didn't give you me guys the... did the D Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the one that has um, majority if you want corn. Seconds. Help yourself. Or thirds or whatever. <laughs> that's so, there's, there's great flavors in there, but those guys are killing it. So we're looking. Super looking forward to continuing to work with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, very thankful that they're willing to, yeah. to partner with us. So Awesome. Yeah. Soldier Valley. Check it out, man. It's good For stuff. Sure. 
Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anything else? I think we that I wanted to get in on that. Super so, interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think it is. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Thanks, cool. We're yeah. shut it down. Peace. Later, man. <laughs>